1: DIO 2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the RotoViz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the RotoViz High Stakes Lowdown. Welcome and in, welcome into the latest edition of the roto High Stakes Slowdown. Welcome to week four. We are on to week four, as Bill Belichick sort of once said. I am Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the Better Sports Network High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, and of course, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Uh, Going to uh, tell everybody right now, as my humble pitch to you, that you should go to myffpc.com and play the FFPC Weekly Challenge. There is no draft. There is no salary cap. You just choose 10 or 12 players if you want to play with kickers and defenses. Buy kickoff on Sunday. Watch them ride through the weekend's games. Plus, remember, you can only have one player per team. This is basically... Uh, A carbon copy. Well, I shouldn't say that, but it's very, very close to our world-famous FFPC playoff challenge that we do at the end of every season. Uh, You can enter for $35. You can win uh, up to $200. Excuse me. You can enter for $35 or $200. You can win up to $2,500. Again, myffpc.com. 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 Remember to like this uh, video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, share it with everyone, and get notified every time we go live on the channel, which the next time will be on Thursday. More to that, uh, more on that uh, upcoming later on uh, in the program. I want to welcome in my guest this week. Been way too long since we had him on last. He is a champion of 10 high stakes FFPC, uh, FFPC leagues. He's in the thick of it right now in not only the main event, but the Fantasy Pros Championship, a top... Uh, I believe top fi- very close to a top 50 team overall, was just in the top 10 last week. Uh, so, you know, he's already uh, been up there. Top five last week, if I remember correctly. Uh, and he's gunning for that $1 million grand prize. Please welcome back onto the FFPC airwaves, Mr. Chris Kennison. Chris, welcome aboard, dude.
2: Thank you, Eric. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing tonight?
1: Doing excellent. I, I w- I'm feeling rushed. Like, I'm not, I, <laughs> I, my son had a flag football game tonight and it was at seven thirty, uh uh central time and I, I thought oh i'll get back no problem on time well i i didn't say i don't think it, i wouldn't say it ran long but we were fighting uh to, i had to drop him off at home before i could come to work and do the show so like i feel a little bit flustered i'm trying to calm down now it's hard to calm down <laughs> after a massive week three holy mother of god the points that we saw put up uh the performances we saw uh, from teams and from individual players. I cannot remember a week where a dude runs for, excuse, a dude in the backfield running back um, scores four touchdowns and he is the second most productive player in his own backfield. Raheem <laughs> Mostert. Everybody should have been talking about him. Nobody was. Everybody's talking about Devon and Chan uh, and, and it's been crazy. Week three, what was it like taking it in for you?
2: It was crazy, and they haven't done that in 50 years. We hear, right?
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> all the old
2: cliche: speed kills.
1: <laughs> yes. And and, then, and I'll tell you what, like we we knew that going, like we saw how excited Mike McDaniel was when he drafted Devon Achan and and obviously Tyree, and they did this all without Jalen Waddle too, which is even more uh, astounding. It's, it's it's really an indictment on the Broncos' um, uh, defense, really. But it was it was an incredible game. I I was telling uh, Dave Gerzak, I I was watching red zone. I didn't know if I was watching replays or live because they all looked the same. It was all these Broncos defenders laying on the ground and then dolphins running backs in the end zone. It was crazy, but that wasn't, I mean, like we saw Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, by and large, I'm sure you had some good teams, but you're probably hurt by it a
2: little bit too, right? Oh, sure. You can't have all the great players on your team. It's nice to see some of these guys pop out quick and, Mm -hmm. and help other fantasy teams out and, Help guys go on the waiver wire early and pick up some of these gems that'll help them the rest of the way.
1: That's the, and that's what we'll try to do. We'll try to do tonight. We're getting we're going to get into a lot of stuff uh, on the show tonight. Uh, a lot of stuff on um, the some of the players that Chris has on his team. We'll get into some stuff on the on the waiver wire as well. Um, I want to talk. Lead things off tonight and talk about a guy who wasn't really on waiver wires, but he was on a lot of benches uh, a couple of weeks ago. Then Austin Eckler went down, and people were licking their chops with Joshua Kelly, right? And Kelly um, went up against a really tough Titans defense in his first game as the starter. Um, so we give him a pass for that. But then this past week against the Vikings, I mean, did, did next to nothing. Um, and, and I don't really know what to make of it. Um, it sounds like Eckler's going to miss again this week, Chris. Kelly is at home against the Las Vegas Raiders. After what we saw the last two weeks, are we better off sitting him, or are you going to roll those craps dice one more time just to see if we can squeeze something out of Kelly this week?
2: Well, let's take example the Vikings game. I think game script went the opposite way for him. Uh, the Chargers could throw left and right. Look at Keenan Keenan McArdle's, um numbers. He went for two hundred fifteen yards and three, and or excuse me, he went for four hundred. Herbert threw for 405 yards and three TDs. Keenan Allen, 215 yards receiving. And if it wasn't him, it was Michael Williams. Seven catches, 121 yards and a TD. So game script didn't play into Joshua Kelly's um, game um, plan or Mm -hmm. help his fantasy value at all. And I think when the Vikings saw the run coming, they sniffed him out. So I'm almost going to give them, like you said, a little bit of a pass, as we did with Tennessee as one of the best run stoppers. And look at the Raiders as a new opportunity for him if Eckler is out.
1: Kelly, um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I'll tell you what, if you're looking for running backs that you would want to bench instead of Joshua Kelly this week, I could get behind benching Brees Moore for him. I could probably get behind benching Khalil Brees Hall. Uh, yeah, Brees Hall, what did I say? It's <laughs> whatever, okay. Whatever I said. I told you this would be a rough start to the show. That's okay. Brees, Brees Hall. Um, I would sit him, Khalil Herbert definitely. I think you can make the case. You can make the case honestly. This is interesting. What about Damian Pierce at home against the Steelers or Joshua Kelly at home against the Raiders? That's a tough one.
2: It is. I probably take Pierce because he's more involved and he catches balls, especially if you're in PPR leagues. I, I still think Joshua Kelly, if Eckler's out, is is not a bad. I mean, you can't give up on guys. You only have so many guys on your roster. Uh, getting mad at a, at a fantasy player is really not how you're going to win a championship if you throw them in a doghouse. They get their opportunities, play them if you can. Of course, if you have a better opportunities on the bench, I would uh, I would flex out somebody better over Joshua Kelly this week. But that all comes to your your roster and your avail- availability to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, totally, totally true. Um, I don't know where you stand on this. Michael Gallup um, ended up. I think he had the same amount of targets as Brandon Cooks did this past week, but he actually had six catches <laughs> to Cooks's two catches. Now, I think most people are still like, especially if you drafted Cooks, you're still like, okay, Cooks is still the guy. But in a vacuum here, and and I should look to see um, uh, who the Cowboys have this week before I start shooting my mouth. Arizona, this. Ari- no, that was last week. I mean, uh, no, 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 no. Cowboys uh, England, home against uh, New England. New England, yes, exactly. Um, What about Gallup versus cooks? Where do you land in on this discussion? Are both of these startable uh, guys startable? Are neither of them flexible for you at this point?
2: I'm just going to back up quick and say, I think this comes down to Dak Prescott. He's quite familiar with Michael Gallup in the system over the years. Brandon cooks has came into the system off free agency or during whatever you want to say is, is now on the team and they don't have a good rapport. Uh, Mm -hmm. Cooks has been hurt for a few weeks. Uh, on and off the practice field, I just don't think Dak's comfortable with him yet. Uh, again, I think he's got a great, great rapport with Michael Gallup, and this could continue until Brandon Cooks works his way into there and gets more, more targets and takes more catches and proves to Dak that he can rely on him.
1: Yeah, and and I think it when it come when it comes down to it, like if you if you had like because a lot of people drafted Cooks as like their fourth, fifth, sixth receiver somewhere in there, like at this point. We're not to buys. We got some injuries to deal with the wide receiver position, but like at this point you shouldn't really even be entertaining starting cooks, right?
2: No, no, no. That's a kind of a desperate play right now. I know in the beginning of the year, you might have had him in your lineup with, with high hopes, but now mm-hmm. you can see that he's not right. He's not ready yet, you know, and he's not in the system and he's not even part of the pecking order. So I would leave him on the bench. And Gallup
1: too, is a guy that, like you said, he's already got the rapport with Prescott and um, the full year after the acl tear is now behind him so exactly. this is fresh you know fresh and clean michael gallup that, that we're seeing this year um you just mentioned it the patriots are in dallas this week a lot of stuff to talk about with new england here for for the skill position players um the issue with Ramondre stevenson and ezekiel elliott now on the surface and i'll, I'll be honest with you i did not watch this game uh, entirely closely so i don't really know exactly mm-hmm. How it was going i know that it was it was not great for the cowboys the fact that they ended up losing to the cardinals but if you look at the backfield here this game for new england or um idiots again I'm, i'm just falling all over myself tonight if you look at how this ended up going for i want to talk about the patriots not the cowboys um okay okay if you look at the backfield it was pretty close to a split here with the jets right uh you had elliott 16 carries. Ramondre Stevenson had 19. Uh, Elliott a little bit more productive. He got five yards of carry on his. Elliott got a catch for seven yards. Ramondre Stevenson a catch for three yards. Now, I'm not saying bench Ramondre Stevenson. That is not where I'm coming from on this. Where I am coming from is, did we underestimate Ezekiel Elliott? This was a five-point game. It's not like New England won this game by three or four touchdowns. Um, is Ezekiel Elliott actually sneaking on to our flex radars, based on what happened in this
2: game, I think for sure. I, I look at this as lightning and thunder. Um, they both have their their what do you want to call it? Their their professional um, abilities in catching the ball and running and running through the between the tackles. And this is what New England needed. They needed to be able to be offset, not one dimensional with their running backs, and be able to give a one-two punch there where they lack. I think is in their passing game. So they have to focus on their running game. Mm -hmm. And it looks like Dallas has a little bit of a problem stopping the run. And maybe we can see a little uh, lightning and thunder with these two as a combo the rest of the year, providing good fantasy points for each other by complementing each other. So,
1: yeah. And I think that um, he looked, I mean, like, the eye test is something that Elliot is passing for me, something that he hasn't passed mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. He looks leaner. He looks quicker. Uh, he looks more athletic than he has. Well, I think uh, that – Oh,
2: sorry. Go ahead. No, I think that has a lot to do with them um, splitting time. Yeah. I think uh, Elliot, late in his career, he could still be a very top, you know, 15, 20 productive bat, back in fantasy football as long as he gets 10 to 15 carries a game and the others go to the other running back. I think this is what you're going to see in the NFL right now is – is keeping some of your best players uh, as fresh as possible to be able to sustain the game and, and the harsh punishment it takes to get through 60 minutes of football in the NFL, as we, as we see now how many backs and how many players are out already this year, it's, it's, it's crazy. So I think it's, it's a great decision for these owners of these teams and these coaches to kind of go with this approach.
1: I think the other thing too, is like for selfish purposes here, this makes it more challenging, maddening, and, to a certain extent, more fun for us too, as we try to figure out, you know, running back starts and flex starts uh, each and every week uh, in, in our leagues. Um, I, I want to get um, – let's stay on the on the Patriots here, receiver-wise. So I went – I, I, after the week one game, I saw Kendrick Bourne get a ton of targets against what I think is a pretty talented Eagles defense, um, and he was doing a lot of it against James Bradbury, a Pro Bowl corner. This to me all suggested he was going to be the wide receiver one for the Patriots. I went heavy on him. I have him in a lot of leagues. I've started him like maybe once in two of the leagues since I acquired him in all these leagues. <laughs> um this past week, he technically was tied for the lead in targets for the Patriots with 5, tying Hunter Henry. He he led them in receptions, four catches, 46 yards. Um and obviously dominated week one. Week two was sort of the Devonte Parker week. Then this week, three targets, two catches, 19 yards. It wasn't great. But do we just need to just, okay, question one, do we need to avoid starting all these guys? Like, is there nothing to be garnered from Patriots receivers by putting them in your starting lineups right now? And then number two, if that's the case, which one of these guys or which, you know, if there's multiple guys, Patriots receivers are worth being rostered right now with the bye weeks coming up on the horizon here.
2: As I mentioned, I think the Patriots are built for a for a, a running attack, and I think the wide receivers are second thought in some of the system here. Uh, Juju, I think, has lost a step and maybe even his interest in playing, just my opinion. Mm. Uh, Devonnie Parker was absent when you had Bourne in, and I, I believe Bradbury got hurt, if that's the right name for that he corner, did, yep, yeah. against him in that game and left Bourne maybe with more opportunities there. That made him look like – I don't want to say fool's gold, but made him shine that week. Mm-hmm. Um, Devonnie Parker's back now, and I heard in preseason that he was kind of one of the stars in camp. He's maybe going to take up, you know, four or five extra, you know, four or five to eight balls a game now too. It's going to be hard to trust any of these wide receivers since it's a run first game. And Henry Hunter could be the one A, believe it or not, mm-hmm. because he's you know doing so well with uh, with the start this year. So I don't trust any of the Patriot wideouts going forward. Uh, are some of them still worth uh stash on the bench? I think so. Devani Parker, I like, I, 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 I almost given up on Juju, but that, again, that's just me. Right. Uh, no offense, Juju, no offense to anyone who has he's him on watching team. Right a Steelers yeah. fan. Yeah. yeah like- I'm, not, I'm just, just saying, I don't think he's going to win me a championship. Um, I do say that if they get behind and they lose some whiteouts, that Demario Douglas is a rookie, they say, to watch out late in the season. So he could be a stash, but you got to have a pretty, deep uh, uh, on bench to put a guy on there right now, but thoughts down the road. But bottom line is, is, I I don't think it's worth anybody to roster besides maybe both running backs and Henry Hunter right now. What about, um,
1: what about um, um? as I look at this game, I'm just, I, I looked over at the box score, Garrett Wilson. I know he's not on the show sheet, but Garrett Wilson had five catches for 48 yards. Now he did see nine targets from Zach Wilson, who, by the way, the Jets uh, signed Trevor Simeon to their practice squad today. Take that for what it's worth. Garrett Wilson, is he, I don't know if you have him in a bunch of spots. Is he a guy, if you did have him, Chris, that you would be still rolling him out there and trusting him going forward? Or is it time, after you saw what Zach Wilson did, is it time to think about starting to bench Garrett Wilson, depending upon your options?
2: Well, I have a buddy I know named Andy Hickman who has him on the bench, and he was strong enough to have – Draft four wideouts to be able to put him on the bench for this. I think most people did draft uh, Garrett Wilson in the top two rounds and have to play him this early to again try to put a, a, a fantasy po- football player in the doghouse and leave him there is somewhat foolish. You'll you you won't be happy one day he breaks off like um, Brees Hall did the first week and did you know nine carries for 125 yards rushing. He's going to break out. He is their only weapon and they're going to focus on him. They just brought in a new quarterback. So, you know, the sky's the limit for him. Let's just see what changes in the jets. uh, um, Higher up brass and see if we can't get a guy in there to help him save the season with him.
1: Yeah. And I think that's the idea too, because obviously nobody's quitting um, in New York, despite, you know, no Aaron Rodgers. everybody is still keeping the faith. I know Zach Wilson had a lot of public or a lot of uh, player support, um, or you know his his you know him being the quarterback uh is it still as high as it was I don't know but I'm not going to pretend to know cuz I'm not in the locker room. Jets still fascinating to watch going forward to see mm-hmm. what they can do. Um one of the like at roster cutdowns for my dynasty leagues this year Chris I um I ended up getting rid of Jarek McKinnon on a lot of teams because I just didn't see the path uh for fantasy success you know given the presence of Isaiah Pacheco and what he was able to do down the stretch and The fact that, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is still on that team. um, And and they had some other options. You know, Daneric Prince was a guy that I know a lot of people were excited about in drafting season. And I just, I didn't see it with McKinnon. Now, part of his success, especially down the stretch last season, was him getting into the end zone. And every time I try to, you know, talk up Jarek McKinnon going forward, the response I always got was, well, if he keeps scoring the touchdowns, then he's still fantasy worthy. But if he's not, well, then we have a problem. Jarek McKinnon, um, on the season, three carries, seven yards, seven catches for 53 yards, two touchdowns in the first three games. Now, I know they both came in quite the blowout here uh, against the the Chicago Bears, but this is what he did last year. He just always found the end zone. Is he a guy that, that you would consider his touchdowns no longer fluky and you'd start thinking about him as a second flex when the matchup's right for Kansas City? Or is my McKinnon love taking over my brain again and, and I'm just way too excited about this player?
2: <laughs> I'd have to say to the end there. You're way too excited about this player, but I agree. He he could have this pop, games that pop like this, but he's an older he's an older back. You know, I, I live in Minnesota, and I remember this is the Vikings, and he's been around. And I just don't think he's the future for Kansas City. So they're going to rely more on their younger players, and of course the Kelsey Mahomes combo, which is 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 basically the way they score. Besides what you call fluky, and that is anybody else besides Mahomes and Kelsey scoring for Kansas City to me is fluky. I yeah. mean uh, it's very hard to say uh, Skymore and then and, and uh, Tony and 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 even uh, Steve Rice and the rest of the guys um I just I think it's hard to play any of those guys besides um um Mahomes and Kelsey I would say that McKinnon is a I mean it's a tough hold I mean if you if you don't have room for him I would cut him I cut him in one league for sure yeah, and I think that's the only league I had him in and I just don't – I don't want to rely on him, and I'd like someone else to pick him up and take that challenge when he's playing me. So.
1: And the other thing, too, to keep in mind, this is like like – first of all, I, I hate cutting running backs because a lot of these guys are only like one injury away, right? Um, but one of the things I look at like is, okay, what's the opportunity here for this guy? What's his ceiling? What's McKinnon's ceiling? Is he ever going to be a three-down back for Kansas City? No, probably not, which makes him more expendable. And then you have a, a, a guy come along um, – Yeah, not Ty Chandler anymore after the Cam Akers trade, which I should ask you about, too. Um, But, you know, a guy like that, well, his ceiling is that he could be a three down guy. And that's why you keep that's why you stash guys like that. Bad example right now, because the Vikings and Rams just hooked up on a trade. You're in Minnesota. How do you think this backfield is going to shape up now, given that they have Alexander Madison? And once Cam Akers gets up to speed, uh, who do you think is going to be the guy that that uh, that you want to start? And number two, is it going to matter? Are these, are either of these guys going to be effective this year?
2: Well, I think the Vikings' backfield is going to be the combo of no lightning and no thunder. Um, I think that the Vikings are so behind on their offense this year with their offensive line protecting and the way they're playing right now, and they throw the ball better than they run. So I think it's hard to trust any of those backs right now. Uh, one may come out and get – I think going to be a timeshare and a hot hand for sure. I don't think I could trust either one going forward. A, a flex on a bye week, throw him in there and, and roll the dice. But to count on either one of those guys going forward, I think it puts you in the same situation where Cam Akers was back in L.A. And it puts him in a where he's going to have one good game and then two bad games, and you're going to have to deal with it if, you, if you're if you going to use these guys consistently. I, I think, unfortunately, they don't have a back. I wish we would have signed you know, a good back. I wish we would have brought in one of the good back. Even Hunt, when he came here, I think, would have mm. been a better opportunity because we're a throwing team now, and I think that's going to lead the Vikings the rest of the way and leave it hard for the for you to really count on either any of the backs for the Vikings.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Does the addition of Acres make Madison less startable, in your opinion? For the for the people who already had Madison on their teams, I think a lot of them were just rolling him out there as their second running back every week, maybe as a flex too. Um, but now that Acres is there, I mean, I, I guess we got to dial back expectations here for Madison too.
2: Well we'll see if Akers is, is who he is. If he's not who he is, I think Madison has is not gonna lose that, that opportunity to be the starting back each week. Um Cam may just be a failure and 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 what McVeigh saw on him is 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 gonna come true and, and we'll have to see. But I wouldn't give up. I, I like this week for for Madison. I'd still start him against the, the Panthers this week. I think he's gonna have good opportunities. I think Cam still has to learn the system. He has to come in, maybe get eight. 10 carries. That's even if the game script goes the way where we can actually run the ball. That's another great
1: point. Again, there's,
2: there's so many things uh, that are unanswered right now. It's hard to, hard to count on either one of those guys. Um,
1: I was, uh, I I, I can't remember if you knew this or not, but I'm a Packers fan. I live in Wisconsin. And um, I I looked at this Packers Saints game last week, before it started, when I saw Jair Alexander was going to be out, I'm like, boy, I, I really don't see them beating New Orleans because you need a really tough – you know, you need all the corners you can get against New Orleans with Rashid Shahid, um, Michael Thomas, and Chris Olave. And sure enough, Chris Olave ate for 104. That surprised nobody. Surprised that Rashid Shahid never got a catch. Um, but Michael Thomas, six catches, granted only for 50 yards, but he was second on the team in targets. Uh, so far this season, he's already got 18 catches through three games. Again, only for 166 yards, hasn't found the end zone yet. But man, I look at how involved he is in in the game, and, and obviously, this question kind of depends upon how long Derek Carr is going to be out. But I look at Thomas, man. And I eventually, I think he's going to get hurt. But until then, is he every week flexible? Based on, I guess maybe we skip week four to see what what he does with Winston. But I, I think like the way he was looking with Carr, man, it was it, it, he was he was surprising me quite a bit. I did not think we'd ever see this version of Michael Thomas again.
2: Hey, you know, he's finally healthy, which, again, I agree with you. I never thought maybe he'd come back and be this productive in the NFL again. And as long as he is, yes, I would start him, and yes, I would count on him. He is kind of in the slot receiver, which Derek Carr relied on him as dump-off passes when Ali was not open and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Rashid, as you mentioned, uh, was unavailable. And right now they don't have Kamara in there to dump passes off to. So he could be actually you know, part of the process right now where he was the easiest to dump off over the running backs and some of the other um, options he had Derek Carr had. But now again, you mentioned Derek Carr's gone. Is is Winston going to lean on on Thomas? Is was Winston going to lean on Kamara? We, do, we don't know. But I would still start him knowing that he's going to be out there and he gets a lot of plays. And and so far he hasn't proven to you that he should be on the bench in the first place. So, Again, as long as he's healthy, as long as he's in that system and he's playing to slot, I would roll with him. Yeah, but
1: it's it's tough to sit him this week too. I mean, unless you got some baller wide receiver options, Michael Thomas at home against the, the exactly the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, on it, we're coming off a short week too. I, I I like that quite a bit. I missed this in in, in the uh, in the chat. I'm gonna put it in right now. Broward bravado uh, chiming in uh, this week, Chris. Who do you like better as far as the start goes? Is it Alexander Madison who is on the road taking on the Panthers? Or is it James Connor who is also on the road uh, taking on the uh, San Francisco 49ers?
2: Well, let's look at Kareem Williams for the uh, the Raiders, or excuse me, the Rams, the Rams. Bad, who just played against the 49ers and had a pretty good game. Uh, Connor is going to be the, the 1A back. He's going to get most of the time. He's going to get most of the catches. I would start him over Madison and heart
1: I, I go back and forth on this right now. I am leaning towards Connor. Um, I, I, I look at how involved he was last week. I, I look at, um, you know, how Arizona can, can win that game. And it's trying to keep, I can't believe I'm saying this, trying to keep Brock Purdy off the field, but it's Brock Purdy. It's George Kittle. It's Debo Samuel, who, by the way, sounded, let everybody knew that he was still a legit wide receiver. Brandon, now you could be healthy again to, to play this week as well. So and and it's going to require a, a a big effort on the Arizona offensive line's part, um, but I think that they're up to it, and I think Connor can can uh, put up some numbers this week. Don't forget about those passes too. If Dobbs wants to to, to dump mm-hmm. off, uh, he's going to be able to find James Connor there. So I would lean towards Connor over Madison as well. Um, let's talk about the uh, Green Bay Packers. I have heard a narrative out there um, from pundits pundits believing that Romeo Dobbs is actually the number one wide receiver for Green Bay and not Christian Watson. Uh, High stakes fantasy football drafters would beg to differ based on where they drafted these guys. I don't personally think that we have seen enough of Dobbs, um, uh, enough from the performance of Dobbs to say, man, he's the true alpha. Watson's really going to be fighting for scraps once he gets healthy enough to play, which could be Thursday against the Lions. We'll see. I still think it's Watson here, but Dobbs is impressing your thoughts on, on Watson versus Dobbs.
2: Well, for one, since we just left off with Michael Thomas, I believe Christian Watson might be the new version of him if he doesn't get his butt on the field. So Mm -hmm. he's pretty scary to me. I, I, well, you know, Dobbs has had the one a corner on him, you know, in these last two games or three games since he's been out and uh, he's, he's been impressive. I also uh, think that the rookie uh, Jaden Reed's been impressive too. And, and I think when Watson comes back to believe it or not, I think they're all going to compliment each other, but, I do believe, with what we've seen out of Christian Watson in the past, when he's healthy, he is the one A alpha of the bunch. Now Dobbs might have some impressive games going against the the two B corner, mm-hmm. and a uh, Jaden Reed's going to have some great games in the slot. Maybe if he's in there against you know whoever's guarding him when the others two are being guarded. Mm-hmm. So I I would stick with Christian Watson as as still the one that I would say is the the you know, the alpha right now could be proven wrong by the end of the year. Injuries always, you know, dictate a lot, but Romeo Dobbs is going to be a good start. I, th- I think he's, he's, he's part of that system where it's like a Thielen is for Carolina. And, and some of these guys were that, that second wide out, like Dell for Houston. And yep. some of these guys are going to get plenty of volume and they because they're going to be the one that has the, the easiest coverage. Rob Bravado saying love is looking lovely. Uh,
1: that's cute to say, I don't know if I'm willing to say lovely yet. Um, Shot at the Packers. I was
2: born in Wisconsin too.
1: Where are you? Really, what part of Wisconsin? I know I asked you. Menominee, Menominee falls. Menominee Fall. Oh, You're from the falls. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I, the, the underlying numbers, uh, for love, I, I his completion percentage is, is what worries me. He's throwing a ton of incompletions. In I, I looked at that game uh, against new Orleans. Now, granted, um, Green Bay could not get a run game going, but they were missing their top running back, their their top left tackle, their top uh, left guard. All three of those guys are pro bowlers. They were missing Watson, obviously. So he, you know, Love was fighting, you know, a, a lot of things going on. But at the same time, man, he was thrown to a lot of covered receivers. And and I hope that that fixes itself when Watson gets back in there and the defense has to account for him as well. Um, once he starts completing more, he was 22 of 44 on Sunday. 22 of 44, including one pick. Um, So I think there's, there's going to be room for improvement. He's going to have games like this, but I will say love is looking lovely in comparison to what I thought he was going to be. All right, Chris, I didn't expect he'd be this good um, this early. Uh, So in terms of my expectations, I think it's a little bit higher. How do you feel about the Packers offense once they do get Watson and Jones back?
2: I think they're going to be a force to reckon with in the NFC central. I mean, they, they, I'm Pretty surprised how quick they turned around with Rodgers out. I believe he's a very impressive young – or not young, but older rookie, let's mm-hmm. say. This is finally his first year. He's got some kinks to work out. He's, he's trying to carry the Rodgers name on his back. He's trying to carry the Packers on his back. I think that over time he's going to develop into a really, really good quarterback and, and like I said, be a, be a threat for many years to come. Uh, he's got plenty of young weapons around him to grow. He's, it's a perfect team to grow with now as a Packer fan for the next 10 years. I mean, they've got a great tight end. They've got yeah. three great wideouts. Uh, Aaron Jones is is on his way out, but, you know, they'll, they'll draft a running back and A.J. And Dillon will fill in or a, a veteran when they need one in the next few years. But pretty impressed with the Packers organization and what they're doing. And I do believe – Love will get better and the Packers will get better. And if you look at their schedule, I believe they're one of the best players to have in fantasy for fantasy playoffs. Could be.
1: Yeah, that that's a good point. That's a good point as well. Now waivers have not taken place yet this week, Chris, Uh, and maybe you'll be dropping this guy. Maybe he'll just be on your bench. I don't know if you drop him. That might be premature, but maybe he's just going to be on your benches going forward. You did have a lot of Juwan Johnson on your teams this year. Why are you a believer in Juwan Johnson? (laughs)
2: Well this <laughs> funny you ask. So in preseason I read an article that Derek Carr mentioned that he says Juwan Johnson's gonna be a fantasy stud. He told anybody who plays fantasy football. I don't know if anybody else has heard about it, but if someone wants to chime in and say they heard it, they heard it. But I do remember him saying that look out, Juwan Johnson's gonna be a fantasy stud. Now usually this is a good sign for things to come. So I, I took a lot of I took a lot of uh, interest in him and mm-hmm. put him on a lot of teams. Well so far, the opposite. <laughs> right, I'm worried that you know the trend will continue this season. Not only Dwan being ignored in the offense, but uh, Tayson Hill and Jimmy Graham have outplayed him in fantasy already. Uh, with a pass catching Kamara coming back and Olive the one A and Michael Thomas and Rashid, I just can't trust him. And I, I he's one of those guys where hey, you know what? Every once in a while, you make a bad you, you know you make a bad make a bad call. But I have no problem letting him go. Um, especially in the FFPC, where you get a point and a half per catch, you cannot afford to keep putting him out there and getting so far behind Kelsey unless Kelsey falls in love with Taylor Swift and and leaves the NFL. So, I I am down on Juwan. I you know he was a, he was I made a call on him. Uh, he did have good good prospects. There were a lot of other uh, scouts and people that said you know he's a good fantasy pick. But so far, I don't see him fitting in now or becoming relevant enough to say okay I'm going to keep him and start him. Moving
1: forward. Yeah, it might take an injury or whatever. I did find that that uh, it was actually Derek Carr told his brother David Carr um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to to draft Juwan Johnson in fantasy football this year. So there you go. Yeah, that, that report's out there. And and I'll tell you what, and it's not like it's it's not like you're falling all over yourself to draft them. The price was right in drafts with Juwan Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you didn't yeah, have to pay a lot to get him. Exactly. Um moving on here, uh waiver wire. Let's let's talk about this. Now, I, I think that there are there are guys out there. Um, I, I think um, Devon uh, a chan is is not one of those guys. He's pretty much taken everywhere. Uh,
2: yeah.
1: Yes. And and well, you know what's weird about this A chain a chan thing is he told somebody, <laughs> A-chain, Devon A chain, Devon A chain told somebody from ESPN before the NFL draft, I want my I, you know, my, my name is pronounced A chain. Then on Sunday he told Peter King from NBC sports that it's, it's actually pronounced H hand. And I'm like, well, you got to pick one, man. Like you can't, you, this is like the whole, and I brought this up too. I was talking with somebody about this. This is like Travis Kelsey, whatever it was a, a year or two ago, actually saying like, Oh yeah, I've, I've let everybody mispronounce my name for years. It's actually Kels, not Kelsey. <laughs> and at that point, we're not changing it. I'm like dude, we're like a decade. in. But uh, besides the point, let's talk about, let's talk about, um, the, hey, the first wagon. of all, I want to
2: simplify it. Let's just say it right now on on air. Let's just nickname him A Train.
1: The, the A Train, yes. The A Train. Now, now the A Train, the original the A Train, <laughs> Anthony Thomas for the Bears. Yeah. I thought he was going to be great, and he had one good season, and then it was it was not good after that. So he could be the true A <laughs> Train going forward. Now, exactly. he's not out there in a lot of leagues. Um, I you know I don't know who you're necessarily targeting. I don't know if there's. You know, again, we, we talk about running backs, you know, the injury away type guys. If you got room for them, um, Joshua Palmer is actually a, a surprised that, that he was out there in as many leagues. And I saw Adam Thielen get dropped. Um, those are some of the guys that I'll probably end up going after. Your thoughts on, on those guys, Chris, and just really in general, the targets that you're uh, that you're going after when you place your waiver wire bids this week.
2: Well, I played fantasy football since I was 16 and I'm 56 and I've noticed, you know, with your fab money over the years that most of the guys are going to find that are going to, that are going to really pop and make a, a big difference. They're usually in the first four weeks before the bye week start. This is when we saw Puka Nakua, Tuda Atwater. We saw A-Train. We've seen some of these guys emerge, Jerome Ford, and guys that if they're on the waiver wires, you don't want to let these guys go to other teams. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, so most, I spend about 80%, believe it or not, this, you know, others may not. You know, want to go this route, you know, want to save their money on, on a lot of these players before it's too late. Right. And I believe, you know, f- weeks five on, you know, you're going to find some some diamonds in the rough. There's going to be some guys that go down and guys that pop up and take these spots that no one thought about. And they're going to be great pickups. But usually most of the guys are gone in the first month. So I, I believe that if there's anybody out there that is worth being rostered, should be on your team or on somebody else's team, and it's up to you if you want to take a shot at them. Um, there are guys that you can hang on for the, the beginning of the year, the, the middle of the year, and the end of the year. And we know in fantasy football, there's many seasons in fantasy football. You have your regular season, and you have teams that fall out of it late in the year, and, and they play new players. And mm-hmm. you might want some money to be able to pick up some of them new guys they're trying out. Um, but I've also watched people start out one and four, and at the end of the year, I look in, and they got got 100% of their fab money left. So I don't understand the that, that whole mentality of why didn't you at least throw somebody on your roster, you know. So it's up to the individual, but I believe that you, 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 you really want to go after some of these guys and take a shot at them. I mean, um, that's just – I mean, you can't win – some of the reasons I'm in the top, and I'm—I I'm, don't—I'm not a scout. I don't go to any of these things. I don't talk to anybody behind doors about any fantasy. I just believe that you have to take risks, and some of these risks have, you have to reach, and 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 it and, and it can pay off horribly, and it can pay off huge, you know, huge. So it's part of the part of the game. I think
1: uh, to a couple of things like David Hubbard, uh, 2016 FFPC main event co-champion. He says that he likes he loves to blow his money early in the season because he he doesn't want to have to be saddled with the responsibility of using it all over the course (laughs) of the season. Where if he uses it right away, there's less for him to worry about, and it's just (laughs) kickers and defenses, bye week injury stuff after that. Um, I I I go heaviest uh, early in the season Um, as much like I'm not a scout either. That's a great line. I'm not a scout. We're not scouts. We don't know. (laughs) Um, Even the best people. I mean, like. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't really see the Kendrick Bourne thing coming week one, and that's certainly not looking like a, a stellar buy on my part, but I don't really necessarily regret it because I trust the process. And the process usually, usually, not always. There's a lot of times where people go in and spend way too much money on a player that ends up being awful. Uh, but usually I trust the process, and, and that's why I go heavy on these players um, to begin with. The other thing to keep in mind is that some of these teams, as they fall out of contention – will like, like you just pointed out um, will not be spending their fab at the end of the year. And sometimes you can actually get players that should be going for more you can get them cheaper in the fantasy pros championship, the FFPC main event, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, I've noticed I, that when, when and I was playing the Kentucky fantasy football state championship, I've noticed that in KFFC leagues. I've noticed it in my private dynasty leagues too. Like you can even, <laughs> yes, it, it's it stinks to be hamstrung on your budget late in the season, but at the same time, it's not the worst thing in the world, and you could still be
2: competitive on the waiver wire to do it. Sure, sure. Yeah, you'll be amazed late in the season when you th- you have you know fifty dollars left in your fab, and you put out two dollars, and you get the guy you want. Right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's this week, I put I you know I just blew about you know most of my money. I'm down about one hundred in a league, and I put eight dollars out on Tank Dell, and got him.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. That's Buy of the week. That is <laughs> nice work. All the I guarantee all the people watching on. On, on Twitter and YouTube and Facebook are going to be super ticked now. Uh, like, <laughs> Why can't I be an elite? Alex B. Keaton, I guarantee he's going to say, how, is, how do you get taked out for eight bucks? Um, okay, last question here for you. Oh, my God, Broward Bravado. You, unbelievable. I'm on Ross St. Brown. I bought last week on waivers. I need to find out what league it uh, <laughs> it was that St. Brown got trapped in. That is crazy town banana pants, Broward. Wow. Okay, final question for Chris Kennison tonight. Um, let's look at week four. Uh, I don't know if you've set your lineups or how closely you've looked at them yet. Um, we've talked about some sleepers uh, already for week four, but if you want to go back to them, that's fine. I'm just kind of curious one sleeper that you think not a lot of people are going to be starting this week that they probably should be. And then uh, a, a must start guy or a seemingly must start guy that you think people are going to be disappointed with in week four.
2: Well, I'll start out with a must start guy and be nervous about and and this is somebody laugh here and let let me explain my reasoning on this but i think travis kelsey Mm -hmm. now here's the deal he's on the road against the jets the jets is a can be a very stingy defense they shut down henry hunter now most people that i and, and especially ffpc drafted kelsey in the first round so now you have a week where you might start out zero and three. You might be one and two, and you've got Kel since you missed week one, mm-hmm. you got Kelsey, and you're going up against this Jet defense, and you need twenty plus fantasy points out of your your first round pick to you know to try to average that to kind of hang in there with those picks out of the first fifteen to be competitive, and I think this is a week where they could keep him under twenty fantasy points. So I know that sounds silly. I know he's one of the best. And that, the that is out. one
1: of the that is one of the most aggressive answers to this question and i absolutely love
2: it chris that's fantastic i like it too plus his mind i know where his mind is right now and it might not be on football (laughs) yeah it could be on something else i would have no problem taking a a a week off with a bad injury with her but she
1: is she's i can't believe i know this but i read about it today that her her eras tour does not resume (laughs) until november and she's going to argentina uh there's there's no question to Travis Kelsey might abscond to South America yeah. for a week with Taylor Swift and then come back. Maybe in the bye week, we, maybe not on
2: the bye week. I don't know. We about. might yeah, we might have an imposter in there for a few weeks with that <laughs> with that 87 on. Did so you we, see some of the questions she was asking? What is a field goal? They actually showed I the, saw
1: that, yeah. Yeah, what she is, had, what is like, a field goal? And, and well, she you know. she had she had like a cheat sheet to like know what to do when, when she was uh, watching yeah, the game. Yeah, Very unbelievable. Um, to your point, and before anybody says uh <laughs> um, you idiot. Uh, yeah. Before, before anybody says like, okay, this is crazy. The Kelsey lovers The the chiefs are nine and a half point favorites. And the total is at 42 and a half. To me, you could make a case for this being a Pacheco grinded out type game. Maybe they get rice and Tony involved more and they don't rely much on Travis Kelsey, I don't know. I don't know if I – listen, Chris, you are a stronger man than me. I am not <laughs> strong enough to sit him. I understand your reasoning why you might want to look at that. And it could work out. We'll see. No, I'm not saying sit, Kelsey. You just said ex- – ex- uh, Expect you... expect less. Yeah. E- expect, yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, people might be disappointed this yeah. week in, in Travis. There's a very real possibility of that. Um, what about a, a guy that uh, that you think uh, is getting disrespected that you think is going to have a big week for in fantasy football?
2: You know, I am not necessarily use the word so harsh of disrespect, but I think it's Jalen Warren's time to shine. I think mm. Najee's done. I I just think if the Steelers want to move forward, they found some speed in Kelvin Austin that they knew they had. And they you know, Allen Robinson got a dinged up ankle. So, you know, that that's probably history now with him. So they're gonna get some more speed out there. Pickens looks pretty good. Um Pickett's coming around with the new offensive coordinator calls. And I believe that I think Jalen Warren's time's coming. Uh, you know, I I think this could be his breakout week. So I I think he's a good a great start, and I would have confidence starting him moving forward.
1: Okay, so Jalen Warren uh, this week. I'm trying to find him right now. Houston. Houston? Yes, I I think that's accurate. Um, at you know? Houston, yes, and uh, yeah, I mean, I like him. I like him as a flex this week for sure. He's another guy too. Like, not that I want to hammer Brees Hall here more, but. He's another guy that I think you can make the case of starting Warren over Hall this week, Warren over Khalil Herbert too, based on what's going on in in New York. So I I think there's, there's plenty of, uh, there's, there's plenty of of Jalen Warren love out there. And we saw it too. And you saw this Chris and drafts like he was usually one of the first like backup running backs off the board because of what we saw and how he ended the season last year. And I said, on on my local fantasy football show here in Northeast Wisconsin, I said, my bust of the year was Najee Harris. I just, I have, Mm-hmm. I, I don't I can't make a good case for him anymore for no, fantasy. No. It used to be the volume. Now even when he's getting the volume, he's just he's he's not necessarily working out, which stinks because I know we had a lot of high hopes for him too. But it is what it is. I have high hopes for you, my friend. Winning <laughs> that one million dollar grand prize this year, Chris Kennison. By the way, anybody uh who's watching this, who's in the industry, uh Chris is a free agent, happy to do uh uh to to climb aboard any website, any content. Ah, uh, creator out there, uh, you'd be lucky to have Chris as, as far as a, a high-stakes uh, angle on everything. Chris, what's the best way to contact you uh, if if they want to contact you?
2: um Probably best would be my email.
1: Do you want to give that email out, or should I should I just say email me and then I'll put you in touch with Chris? It's up to you. That's Whatever. the best.
2: That would be the best way. Okay, so okay. then I, you'll have my email, and then you right. can pass it on after that too. That, so, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I really appreciate.
1: Absolutely. That. So, email me Eric E R I C at myffpc.com if you're interested. In, uh, in checking out Chris's chops, and obviously uh, uh, I will put you in touch with them, Chris. Thank you so much for hopping aboard tonight. Great job. Always fun to talk shop with you, uh, and good luck in week four and beyond, my friend. Thank you so much.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on, Eric, and I hope to talk to you uh, later in the year when I'm up there again. cashing that big set, say, baby. Say hi to Farrell for me, too.
1: I will do that. Absolutely. I will say hi to him. Uh, Chris, right. be good, man. Enjoy the games this week. Take care. Good. Chris Kennison, ladies and gentlemen, uh, a guy who has won 10 FFPC high stakes leagues over the course of his career joining us on the road of his high stakes low uh, high stakes lowdown this week okay so that is going to c- uh, complete tonight's broadcast we'll be back on with the road of his high stakes lowdown next tuesday we're going to talk uh with uh longtime ffpc longtime high stakes players uh chris hart and uh toby Bielkini they will join us uh they had a team I, I didn't look to see where they are this week i think they're in the top 20 of the main events they're going to talk about that we'll have them on um and then uh, this thursday on the Better Sports Network's high-stakes fantasy football show, Mr. Fantasy Mojo himself will join me. Uh, Darren Armani is going to hop aboard as my guest co-host from 7 to 9 Eastern time this Thursday night on the Better Sports Network. That will air on all the Better Sports social channels as well as the FFPC social channels too. Uh, So make sure you're checking that out. And then Friday night, Beryl Elliott, myself, on the high-stakes fantasy football are right here on these airways going to be talking with the week two FFPC main event leader, jeff hallis he will join us on the program this friday so you got um uh you have uh, armani on thursday you got hallis on friday and then a week from today you'll have Hart and Biokini, and that is going to be uh, a lot of fun a reminder to go to myffpc.com myffpc.com play the ffpc weekly challenge there's no draft or salary cap for these teams you just choose 10 players or 12 players uh, by Sunday's kickoff, and then you just watch them ride throughout the weekend. Remember, only one player per NFL team. Thirty-five dollars to enter, or two hundred dollars to enter. Win up to twenty-five hundred dollars. You can play in 10 30 or one hundred team leagues. In that, uh remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified on this channel. And the last thing I'll, I, I'll, I'll send out these warnings throughout the week via email and um, and and on the airways. We have London this week, uh, an early start. I believe it's nine thirty Eastern time. So make sure. You're getting in your lineups um, early. And remember that waivers will not process early that day. They're still going to go off at 10 a.m., so you will not be able to get anybody in, the, in that early game uh, on Sunday. So just a public service announcement so you're not upset about it so you know uh, about it right now, and you can take care of waivers uh, tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Uh, thanks so much for watching, everybody. We will see you back here on Thursday night at 10 p.m. with Fantasy Mojo's Darren Armani and the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for watching,
2: everybody.
3: The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos.